0: As the Orioles look to potentially make a trade this offseason, we know they have the prospects there to go and get some big leaguers, including a top line starting pitcher. But we also know it could take maybe a big leaguer or two to be traded from the O's to get that deal done. But should the O's include Jorge Mateo as that big leaguer? We'll answer that question coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Monday, December 26th, 2022, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we are going to take a look at whether or not the Orioles should potentially trade Jorge Mateo this offseason. Ken Rosenthal in a column last week bringing up that teams are calling the Orioles about Mateo at this point. We'll take a look at uh, that potential trade from both sides. The case to trade Jorge Mateo, the case against trading Jorge Mateo, and then I'll give my thoughts on the entire situation involving the Orioles as they may need to make a trade here at some point to improve the Major League roster. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked on Orioles podcast. Before we get there, though, just did want to thank you for making Locked on Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. We're here with you all week throughout the offseason. Again, we are down to three episodes a week, and generally – We'll be recording and posting Monday, Wednesday, and Friday here until spring training. If the Orioles have some breaking news, we could give you a podcast on a Tuesday or a Thursday. Or like last week, after the Orioles made the trade for James McCann, we could give you two podcasts in one day if there are moves to talk about in this Orioles offseason. So make sure you are following the pod, subscribing wherever you listen, and you like, comment, and subscribe to the Locked On Orioles YouTube page to stay up to date with all of the Orioles news here on the podcast. So let's jump into today's episode here on a Monday. Hope everyone had a safe and healthy and happy holiday weekend here. And now it's back into Orioles baseball. This episode kind of stems from something that Ken Rosenthal wrote in a column last week. He was kind of just writing one of his general offseason columns about what he's hearing from around the league. And surprisingly, he had a mention about the Orioles. But It wasn't what you would expect on an Orioles mention from Rosenthal this offseason. You know, the O's are in on this free agent starting pitcher or, you know, are looking to deal for a starting pitcher or whatever it may be. It instead involved Jorge Mateo and the fact that as of last week, the Orioles were receiving calls with trade interest from other teams for Jorge Mateo. So first of all, let me set this precedent before we get into the rest of the episode. The Orioles are not shopping Jorge Mateo around. There is a very big difference in what is going on here. Shopping a player is when you are calling other teams and saying, hey, this guy is available, would you be interested, and what would you give up for? What the Orioles are doing are just getting calls from other teams that are saying, hey, we're interested in Jorge Mateo, Would you trade him, and if so, what will we have to give up? Those are two very different things. So the Orioles are not shopping Jorge Mateo, but they are listening to offers on him, which you got to listen on pretty much everyone that's just about doing your job as a GM and as a front office. And now, Rosenthal didn't really mention what the Orioles would do from their end in that kind of trade. What he wrote about is that because the big four free agent shortstops are now, we assume, off the board in free agency, There's not much left there, and the teams that need shortstops may have to swing trades to get them, and he felt like Jorge Mateo was one of the better names out there in that situation, asked around, and sure enough, teams had been calling the Orioles. So I wanted to take a look at this issue from both sides, kind of give the case for why the Orioles should and should not trade Jorge Mateo this offseason. So let's start with why the Orioles maybe should trade Jorge Mateo, and three reasons why. For each position. And let's start with number one for why they should trade Jorge Mateo. You can replace him. Now, he had a good season. You know, about three war he was worth. Amazing defense. Fielding Bible. But when you look at the offense, it was an 82 WRC+. As an everyday player at shortstop, he was 18% worse than the league average hitter in Major League Baseball in 2022. That bat, easily replaceable. And arguably... Anybody you would bring up from AAA, if it's one of your top prospects, you would hope would have a better than 82 WRC plus over a whole season. That's definitely a spot why you could replace him and potentially trade him. Because if you did deal Jorge Mateo, first of all, you wouldn't have to worry about shortstop too much. Because Gunnar Henderson, who, if Mateo stays, would be slotted to play third base most likely for the Orioles right now, would easily move to shortstop and he would take over that position Every single day. He's going to play every day either way. He is a natural shortstop. He just played third last year mostly because Mateo was so good. But Mateo did get some days off in September. And Henderson did play some shortstop for the Orioles. Of course, he's played plenty of shortstop in the minor leagues. Was drafted as a shortstop at high school in 2019. And he's a great defensive shortstop. He's not Mateo level great defensively. But he's well above big league average defensively. Short has an incredible arm. Showed it off multiple times in the big leagues last year. So defensively, yeah, you take a step down, but Mateo was arguably the best defensive shortstop in all of baseball last year. So anybody is going to be at least a little step down. But with what Henderson still gives you, plus the incredible offense, you're not really going to lose much there or, or feel bad about the little amount of defensive ability you would use, or you would lose, I should say, going from Mateo to Henderson. And if you made that move... You know, it would slot in Ramon Arias at third base, the position where he was best at last year. Of course, won the American League Gold Glove at third base. And then your new signing, Adam Frazier, who's probably going to mostly play second base anyway, would be slotted in there at second. You'd have Terran Vavra kind of as your rotating utility man in that infield. And then you would also have room for potentially putting Jordan Westberg or Joey Ortiz, probably more likely Jordan Westberg at this point, on the opening day roster, or even if they weren't, Maybe the Orioles you know, made a waiver claim or signed somebody on a minor league deal or just another guy who could you know, be around for a couple of months. But then it would be easier once you get Westberg or Ortiz, a little more seasoning in AAA early in the year, which I think that is the Orioles' plan to do. You could bring them up in May or June and have it be a more seamless transition and have a true spot for them to get some at-bats and help the O's. So I think if you did trade Mateo, at least offensively, and short-term defensively, it wouldn't be the biggest issue in at least replacing him. Now, would you get the same kind of defense, the same kind of value? No, but I think you could replace him with those guys. Second reason why you should trade Jorge Mateo, you could sell high on him right now. Now, whether or not... Or, or, really, what that trade would look like is kind of a different question. But in terms of just Mateo's value to be traded, it's pretty high right now. He just entered arbitration this offseason for the first time. MOB trade rumors projecting him to make about $1.8 million for the 2023 season. That's pretty good. For a player with an F 4 Fanagraph's War of, of 2.8, be a, worth about three wins, a team's getting a guy for less than $2 million. And you get good team control. He is signed through 2025. So he, you know, if a team got him, they would have three years of control of Jorge Mateo and he'd be pretty cheap throughout all three of those years. You get a guy who should have won the gold glove, did win the Fielding Bible Award at shortstop, going to play you elite defense, stole 34 bases, one of the fastest players in baseball, and with the bigger bases, which is going to make stolen bases a little bit easier coming up next year and beyond, he's going to be even more valuable on the base pass for another team. And plus you get... Not a good bat, but at least it can be okay at times. It's not a complete black hole at the plate either. What you can also do is say, well, maybe we kind of know what Jorge Mateo's bat is. And maybe an 80 to 90 WRC plus is kind of his potential peak offensively. Like maybe you think he may never even be like a league average hitter. But you may also think his defense is never going to be as good as it was this season. Because it was amazing. And maybe you think, yeah, he's not going to steal 35 bases every year. So you put that together and you say, you know what? The bat could get worse. And even if the defense just goes down a little bit, he's not as valuable moving forward. This could be with the years and the price and the season he came off of, the most valuable Jorge Mateo ever is. And you could certainly take that standpoint. And the bat wasn't horrendous, but it wasn't very good, but it may never get better. And there's there's obviously big glaring issues with Jorge Mateo's bat. I mean, the strikeout percentage continues to climb. The chase rate jumped again. It went all the way up above 36% this season. That is not good and not sustainable to be a good big league hitter. But he still was able to get things done at times. And so with him being so cheap and still providing value because the defense is so good, despite the bat struggling, if you do think that bat's never going to get fixed, Well, he's probably never going to be at a higher value than right here. And it could make him the most valuable in a trade. And then the number three reason to trade him would be teams are kind of desperate right now. And could you get that helpful starting pitcher on the other end of that deal? Now, the whole reason Ken Rosenthal kind of checked in on this and wrote about it in his column last week is because presumably, now as of recording here late Sunday night, Carlos Correa has still not passed his physical with the Mets, but presumably the four big free agent shortstops, Carlos Correa, Xander Bogarts, Dansby Swanson, and Trey Turner, are all off the board. Signing with the Phillies, and we think Correa with the Mets, and Bogarts with the Padres, and Swanson with the Cubs. So those other teams could be looking for shortstops. I mean, it looks like the best free agent shortstop available out there right now is our old friend Jose Iglesias, and he is... Certainly not a guy who you really want to be playing 150 games at short at this point in his career. So you're looking at teams like the Braves who lost Swanson, the Giants who, of course, lost out on Correa, the Angels, the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Dodgers. All these teams could certainly be in the market for a shortstop in terms of trades this offseason. And a good amount of those teams have a good farm system to go get Jorge Mateo. But what else a lot of those teams have are big league starting pitchers that they would be able to trade away. And so if a team is really desperate, maybe like the San Francisco Giants, who it already felt like they made some desperate moves after they lost Correa, kind of giving some relievers a lot of money and, and kind of desperately and, and, and signing Michael Conforto. Maybe they would feel desperate to go get a Jorge Mateo. Maybe the Angels, now as they kind of build their team together, feel like, you know what? We have a solid starting rotation. Maybe if we gave up a Jose Suarez, we could go get a Jorge Mateo. Suarez had a pretty good year as a left-handed pitcher for the Angels last year. He could certainly help this Orioles rotation. Maybe a team like the Braves says, we've got all this young pitching. Maybe we could give up one of these guys and go sure up shortstop defensively with Jorge Mateo and have him hit ninth and, you know, our eight amazing bats above him carry this team back to the World Series. That's a possibility. Maybe the Dodgers say, you know what, we've got a lot of young pitching. Maybe we could spare one of these guys and go get Mateo, and again, just hit him ninth and lock down that defense and the stolen bases and go to the World Series. If that's the case, you probably deal with Jorge Mateo in that sense, and those are definitely all good reasons, but there's also reasons why you should not trade Jorge Mateo at this point, point. and coming up next, I'll lay out that side of the argument, but first, this episode of the Locked on Orioles podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.net, which is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis this December. Now, we just came off a big weekend of football, more college bowl games, had a lot of NFL games on Christmas Eve. Of course, the Ravens beating the Falcons to clinch a playoff spot on Saturday. We had Sunday football as well and Monday Night Football coming up tonight. And then this week is huge for the college football bowl games. There's, I mean, three or four bowl games basically every single day this week. You got the Terps taking on NC State on Friday. And then on Saturday, the college football playoff. Who will be the national champion between Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and Ohio State? And you get all the lines, all the odds for every game at betonline.net. And plus, you still got the NBA, you still got the NHL, you still got college basketball going on as well. They've got it all. And if you love sports podcasts, which I hope you do if you're listening to this one, you can even find those at Bet Online as well. They are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at Bet Online, where the game starts. So after Ken Rosenthal wrote in his column on The Athletic last week that teams were calling the Orioles to check in about the trade availability for Jorge Mateo, wanted to kind of look at this issue from both sides and just gave the three points on why you should trade Jorge Mateo. And now we switch to the other side. Three points on why you should not trade Jorge Mateo this offseason if you are Mike Elias and the Baltimore Orioles. And the number one thing is he is a cheap, fairly young, valuable player for a team that is over the hump, it seems, and I hope, trying to make the postseason in 2023 and beyond. And although Jorge Mateo, again, had an 82 WRC+, plus, struck out a lot, and was not consistent at all with the bat, he still really, really helped this team win 83 games this season. Now, as I said, F-word about 2.8, uh, basically a three-win player. MLB Trade Rumors prediction to make about $1.8 million in arbitration, his first year in arbitration. You rarely get, in arbitration, a three-win player for less than $2 million. That is very cheap for the amount of impact that Jorge Mateo makes for the Orioles. It's hard to trade that away, especially if you're operating, like the Orioles have shown us this offseason, that they are operating. Some one-year deals some low money contracts. Yes, they have increased payroll and it will increase more when these arbitration numbers come out. But whether it's because the Angelos are just cheap or because of this crazy lawsuit they're fighting within the family, they are not going to be spending big this offseason. I think they've made that pretty clear. And it seems like Michael Elias in the front office have a fairly tight budget to work with in terms of payroll. So if you're getting that valuable of a player, a good starting shortstop for less than $2 million, I think you got to keep that around. And you could say, well, if his replacement was Joey Ortiz, wouldn't he be even cheaper as a rookie? Well, yeah, but you got a major leaguer who you know what he is at this point. And you'd have him through 2025. You hold on to him, you still have him for three more years. Say he has another solid season, bat okay, defense good, base running good. And next offseason... Maybe you know what you have in Jordan Westberg and you know what you have in Joey Ortiz and Jackson Holliday is getting closer and guys like that are producing. And maybe you could trade him then when you have a more solid picture of who those younger prospects are at the big league level. But right now, a cheap and very valuable player in Jorge Mateo, if you're penny pinching as an ownership group, I don't think you trade away someone who fits kind of perfectly in how you're trying to build this team. Second reason why not to trade him, I think Mateo has a pretty high floor moving forward, and he still has a high ceiling as well as a player. And what I mean by high floor is again, Mateo did not hit the ball well this year. 221 average, 267 on base, 379 slugging in over 530 plate appearances. He played 150 games. And again, just an 82 WRC+, plus, 18% worse than a league average hitter this year. At no point, really, except for in that month of August when he was great, was he really lighting the world on fire with the bat. And despite that, he was worth 2.8 war, according to Fangraphs, because the defense was elite. Wins the Fielding Bible Award at shortstop, made countless incredible plays, and oh yeah, he stole 35 bases and led the American League. And is only going to get more valuable... Because they're making the bases bigger, which is going to make stolen bases a little bit easier with the pickoff move rule as well. He could easily steal 40 bases in that kind of playing time in 2023. So even if he hits at the same rate, I mean, he's got an 80 career WRC plus in just under 800 career big league plate appearances. Even if he hits at that level, if he's going to play defense like that and steal bases like that, he's going to be a very valuable player. At the big league level. And it's good to know that even if a guy's not hitting, he's still worth, I mean, probably at least two war. That's a really high floor player. I mean, even if he tanks, he's worth two wins. You don't get a lot of players like that at this point in the majors. And the other thing is, you know, the O's haven't had him for... That, that long, a waiver claim in the middle of the 2021 season from the San Diego Padres and Mateo played well in two, you know, didn't really even really play that long at all with the Orioles in 2021, had just over hundred plate appearances, then got hurt, missed the rest of the year. Last year was his first full season with Baltimore. And, you know, with the new hitting coaches in Matt Pork schulte and Ryan Fuller, maybe there's still something they feel like they can unlock with Mateo's bat. I mean, he's still only 27 years old. Arguably, he still hasn't even hit his prime at this point. And he's got good underlying numbers. His average exit velocity, max exit velocity, his hard hit percentage, his launch angle, his barrel rate. All those numbers went up in 2022 from his 2021 numbers at the big league level. So even though he strikes out a good amount and he chases pitches out of the zone, that's a good sign. And when you look deeper, you know, if you just did the eye test with Jorge Mateo, you would think, oh, this is a guy who really struggles hitting breaking balls. Like he's chasing everything out of the zone. It's not quite the case. He actually comparatively hits breaking balls fairly well. It's the fastball, the four-seam fastball that he seems to struggle with. If you gave me two players and said they're similar comps, but this guy really struggles hitting the breaking ball, and this guy really struggles hitting the fastball, and you need to fix one of them, I think most hitting coaches would try to fix the guy who can't hit the fastball, because it's a little bit easier to get the timing there than try to teach a guy how to hit a breaking ball at 27 in the big leagues. So maybe they still think there's a higher upside. And I get that even making Mateo better as a hitter still may not even get him to big league average. But he did have a 102 WRC plus in those 116 plate appearances down the stretch with the Orioles in 2021. If they could get him even up near a league average hitter with this defense and speed and everything he brings in terms of vibes for the O's as well, that is an incredibly valuable player. And if they still think they can get that out of him, No need to trade him now. And the third reason why not to trade him? The replacement could get worse. And this comes into how valuable he is even if the bat's not playing. Now, his direct replacement at shortstop would be Gunnar Henderson, I get. And Gunnar Henderson is a much better player than Jorge Mateo. But Henderson isn't Mateo's replacement in the lineup. And he's not Mateo's replacement on the roster. Whether Mateo's here or not, whether Mateo's starting or not, Henderson's in the lineup, hitting second, third, or fourth every single day, whether he's playing third base or shortstop. If you don't have Mateo, you have more Ramon Arias, more Adam Frazier, maybe more Taron Vavra. And, you know, I think Frazier can get better than last year here with the O's, but it was pretty bad in Seattle last year. Vavra, we still don't know what kind of player he is, and I like Arias, but again, he won a gold glove, defense not as good, and his bat... Can get there, but his ceiling is just not as high as a guy like Jorge Mateo's. And you could say, well, you can call up Jordan Westberg or Joey Ortiz. Those guys are both, it looks like, could be both top 100 prospects by opening day. And they're both shortstops. That's good to have. But they're not proven commodities. You know, Joey Ortiz has a month at AAA, and Jordan Westberg a little more time, but still. I think we need to see more, a little more AAA time, and, and then we need to see them in the big leagues to know really what they're going to be. You know, they aren't can't-miss prospects like Gunnar Henderson was. They certainly are not. They are fringe top 100 guys at best. They're not slam dunks like Rutchman and Henderson. You just don't know. And so that replacement in the lineup or that replacement on the roster as well could be much less valuable. I mean, even if you keep Mateo and the bat continues to just scuffle and you just can't play him every day. He's still a valuable bench piece, whether he's a defensive replacement or he's a pinch runner. You know, he can play a little outfield if you need him to. He can come off the bench and hit a lefty. He can hit you a home run at any time. You know, he, he still did leave the ballpark 13 times last year. He's still valuable on the bench. Maybe more valuable than other guys on the bench because of the speed and the defense that he brings. So you just don't know what it could be if you trade him away. And you also just don't know what you'd be getting for him. I mean, am I on board for the starting pitcher? Yeah, but who knows if, if that could really come in a trade. So there's kind of both sides of the argument, why you should and should not trade Jorge Mateo this offseason. Coming up next, try to come to a final verdict here on this issue if the O's would actually deal Mateo before opening day. So there's been conversation among Orioles fans and writers about Jorge Mateo. As Ken Rosenthal wrote in his column last week, the teams have been calling the Orioles about Mateo because teams are a little desperate to get shortstops now, especially teams like the Giants after they all missed out on the four big free agent shortstops this off And it makes sense that teams would call for Jorge Mateo. As I talked about, he is still young at 27. He is a pretty cheap player, less than $2 million. He brings you good value, even if he's not hitting and There's still enough in that bat where you think, hey, maybe you could improve it. I mean, Mateo was a a very highly ranked prospect when he was, you know, a teenager and a younger player back in the Yankee system, even before he made it to the Padres and then to the Orioles. He was a highly ranked prospect, multiple places. There's still some upside in there that somebody could get out. And as I talked about, he still has a high floor with that defense and the base running. He's still going to be a well above league average player, even if he doesn't really hit as he's kind of shown so far in his big league career. So it makes sense that teams would want him. It's going to be a fairly cheap option. But the question is, should the O's make the deal? And I think my final opinion is generally I fall on the they should not trade Jorge Mateo side of this. I just think he's he's a high floor player. I think the O's can still make him better. He's just a, a, a very valuable player that, again, I think could still be valuable on the bench in a way that maybe guys like Ramon Rios or Adam Frazier would not be as valuable if they're in a bench role. And I just think Mateo gives this team a spark that would be hard to replace. My caveat on my kind of final opinion here is that if Mateo becomes the piece or kind of the final piece that gets the Orioles a really good starting pitcher in a trade, then my mind changes. If teams are calling the O's and saying, hey, here's this and this prospect for Jorge Mateo, I'm not doing that deal. If I'm the Orioles, I'm pretty much past the point of dumping guys for prospects. I'm at least looking to get a major leaguer in a deal like that. So if it's a pure prospect for Mateo deal, I'm not doing it, but on the flip side, if teams are calling the Orioles, you know, as I talked about, if if teams like you know, the Angels are calling the Orioles and saying, hey, we really want Jorge Mateo, we're worried about our infield defense, we're gonna put him at shortstop, and the Orioles say, well, let's try to fleece the Angels again in a trade, but this time not with prospects. Hey, give us, you know, Jose Suarez, or let's look at, you know, Jorge Mateo and something else for Patrick Sandoval. You know, can we make that deal happen? And if the Angels are maybe dumb enough or or maybe smart enough to say, yeah, maybe we can. Then I start to be okay with the idea. Because again, you can put Gunnar at shortstop and maybe Westberg and Ortiz work out. Maybe you can go sign another infielder or Arias finally pulls the bat together and and Frazier pulls it back together and, and you don't miss him too, too much. But it's got to be for that pitcher. Because if it's not, he's just too valuable to this team to give up right now. So if a team really wants him and wants to give up that major league young starting pitcher that could fit in the O's rotation, let's get it done. But if it's just prospects or it's just a lesser deal, I hold on to Jorge Mateo right now. Still a valuable player who's fun to watch. And despite the bat being frustrating and not being there at times, he still helps... Still helps the Orioles win some baseball games. But that'll do it for today's episode. Got two more of them coming up later this week. Wednesday and Friday is the plan. Unless the O's were to make another move, then we would be right back here with you that next morning after the move is made. We'll be talking about some more trade possibilities coming up this week on the pod, looking at starting pitchers the Orioles could go after, keeping you updated on all the Orioles news and notes throughout the offseason and everything happening in Birdland as we get uh, pretty close here to the new year and 2023. But we'll be back to the O's talk on Wednesday when we return here on the pod. Until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team...